0: Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Grove Racing. Every time we hit the track, we rely on Gates premium parts to help us perform under extreme conditions. Serpentine cooling and timing systems are crucial to your engine's performance. Inspecting and replacing all system components at the same time will ensure your vehicle is ready to tackle any challenge. Protect your ride with Gates, available from Repco, NAPA Auto Parts, Supercheap, and reputable auto stores. G'day, this is the Gates Revlimiter Summer Series with Andrew Clark, hello, race fans, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. In this series, we review each team of the 22 season, but it's a big job, so to help us, we've enlisted Auto Action owner and managing editor Bruce Williams to help us unpack it all. So, without further chit chat, welcome to the Gates Revlimiter Auto Action Supercar Teams Review. What we're talking about penwright Racing. Yeah, this one was uh, the biggest challenge, Nev. The uh, biggest challenge? Yeah. Dave Reynolds, you gave him an A for finishing eighth. Uh, that one I can't figure out, but I'm going to ask you that one about that one. And Lee Holdsworth, you gave him a B minus for finishing 13th. Okay, Clarkie, explain yourself well,
1: here. My thing was about working out at the start of the year where this team sat in the pecking order. You know, I know they brought on Dave Couchy at the start of the year and a couple of other things. But I actually thought they were the seventh-ranked team at the start of the year. So I reckon they've outperformed themselves. I think Dave Reynolds coming eighth is well above where this could have been. So just think about that. If, they, if I've got them as the seventh-ranked team, that means there's 14 cars in front of them. So if you finish above 14, you've actually done better than you should have done at the start of the year. Uh, I reckon Dave Reynolds was pretty impressive during the year. They were a bit inconsistent. You know, two pole positions shows that at times they found their speed – Um, They were good at the Grand Prix, which was a tough weekend for anybody. Um, But, you know, I thought overall for the course of the year, I thought he did a really good job. And uh, I know Bruce kind of questions this one a little bit, but, uh, you know, I thought uh, Dave Rollins was really good.
2: No, it's not so much a question. I think at the end of the day, you're right. Um, It was an interesting year for Grove because obviously during the course of last year, they bought into um, Cali Racing. It became Grove Cali Racing. And then as the year went on, it became Grove Racing as they bought Kelly's out. So realistically, they started this year uh, running their own show. Stephen and his son are very experienced businessmen. They obviously know what it takes to uh, run a very successful business, as well as being drivers in their own rights. But the interesting thing about them was that they the cars they use this year they basically leased off off um, Todd Kelly. So, you know, how much development work they would have put into those cars is questionable given that they were cars were going to go away at the end of the season.
1: The, the chat that we had with um, Stephen Grove just a couple of weeks ago for Auto Action outlined their process for the year, which was to find the weaknesses and then to fill them. You know, so they've gone out and they've recruited to fill what they felt were the weaknesses through the, through the year. You know, we saw it with Dave um, Couchy. You know, and we've got other engineers popping into the scheme as well. So they're just going step by step to fix what they see as their weaknesses. So, you know, that business approach that they've done in the past where it's, you know, we need to know what we aren't doing well to know what we can do well. And uh, I think they're going to be a much more formidable team next year than they were this year.
2: Well, as you touched on this year, I think, as I was talking about before, how much investment they put into their cars this year would have been questioned because at the end of the day, they have handed the cars back to Todd Kelly. So they're obviously starting their own program. But if you look at the engineering capability of the team. Going forward, we probably jumped ahead a little bit here, but they've got some pretty heavy-duty engineering staff. Obviously, David Couch, he left 888, went on gardening leave for a while and, found, and then after a few months found himself into the team. They've got Alistair McVee involved. And, of course, in the last week or so, they announced that Garth Tander's joining the team. And Garth's an interesting appointment because he's not just going to be a co-driver, but he'll also be there in a managerial role or a training role. A mentor? Yeah, he'll be mentoring young um, Payne as he takes his first full-time season next year. So it's been a, a year of, I suppose, for them, building for the future while still maintaining a, a racing program this year. Yeah. You know, Davey did do very well. And, of course, Lee Holdsworth was basically brought back from uh, full-time retirement back to a full-time drive. And Lee raced pretty, pretty solidly this year. And although he only finished 13th in the in the points, he still did a really solid job and it enabled them to finish fairly high up in the uh, team rankings i think they finished fifth in the team rankings ahead of erebus as far as the championship's concerned which for, for people may not sound like much but it means they move further up the grid as far as garages and for pit stops and what have you so it does make a bit of a difference yeah. so Penwright grove racing i think they um They'll certainly be a team to watch next year. I've probably said that a few times, but if they don't make a big step forward, I personally would be very disappointed because they've got all the pieces in place now. I think that Stephen Grove is a pretty smart man and uh, they certainly don't, from what I can see, lack for um, engineering capability and people to um, make the cars go fast.
1: Absolutely not. So the other interesting thing is with Lee Holdsworth is that he was another one of the drivers to struggle to get qualifying speed out of the cars. But he was without the pack there, but he wasn't having all the incidents that the other people were having. So he's actually one of the biggest improvers from qualifying to race for the season. You know, he's got a two point two spot gain across the po- course of the season. So that experience that he had, you know, and we know he's fast. I mean, look at his Bathurst last year. He was clearly the best co-driver at Bathurst. You know, the year before he was the fastest qualifier at Bathurst. So. He's got a lot of speed. Yeah, it's the tail end of his career, and I think you know maybe his heart wasn't in it as much as he thought at the start of the year. But um, you know, at the end of the day, he was dead keen in that last round to make sure that he scored enough points to get them fifth in the title. And uh, they did that, and as you say, that is actually a big thing. Moving one spot further up pit lane is a big thing for a season. Um, yeah so one of those years as you said you know, they weren't going to spend a lot of money building components or developing a car that a they didn't own so they couldn't sell it off and get that return um, and b they didn't need after this
2: year but i don't think we can underestimate the the key signing that the groves have put together i mean if you look at it they've still got david Reynolds and alistair McVean came with him from um, from Erebus so there's a strong uh, driver and engineering lineup Grant McPherson came from, he was ex-Tickford at WAU and, and highly rated engineer. You know, now got uh, Garth Tander. And of course, you've got David Couchy overseeing it all. So, you know, on paper, they're one of the strong, and I've harped on it a bit, I suppose, but one of the strongest engineering things, David Reynolds will be somebody with a lot of experience. He's driven lots of different cars, so he should be able to get his head around the, 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 the new car and then they'll also have the advantage of doing extra testing with their rookie with young Payne. So that'll mean that they'll be able to do some extra miles with the new car, and that that will help him as well. So, you know, there's lots... As far as looking forward, this year, you know, probably finish where they probably finished where they should have finished, but looking forward, I expect with all that engineering grunt behind them to be very uh, competitive.
1: So your question, though, is that, you know, running the rookie in the car, yeah, you get a couple more sessions, but... Uh, do you get enough intelligence when you go testing, you know? And I think, as you said earlier, like Garth Tander coming in is going to be a key in terms of helping him in those early test days to get the right setup with all that experience. Uh, but you know, does having a, a complete rookie coming in does that hurt you when you when you're actually hitting the track? Is it more like
2: running a one car team? Good point. Well, it could be, but it also could be that he hasn't had ten or fifteen years of of muscle memory that you accumulate by driving a car that's very bizarre to drive i mean i don't care what anyone says um the these the supercars that are that we race here in australia are quite unique to drive they have characteristics that pretty much no other car in the race car in the world has they run a, a locked spool diff for example which requires a completely different driving technique to a car that has a diff of some an, a, a differential of some description so they, they require quite an interesting driving technique. And if you've had 10 or 15 years of that's all you've known, which a lot of these kids have, or they're not kids anymore, so maybe um, young Payne can, can come in having not had too much of that embedded knowledge and, and learn to drive the car. And this is one of the great things about the new Gen 3 car. They are going to be very different cars to drive. Their aero performance is markedly different to what the cars are now. And they'll behave differently, and we know from talking to a few of the drivers and the engineers that if they bang the throttle coming off the turns like the current cars, they'll smoke the tyres. So it's going to drive, require a different driving technique and a different engineering technique. So maybe some of these young kids, without lots of bad existing habits—when I say bad habits, but existing habits—they um, they might be a surprise.
0: So you reckon if you're new, you that the clean slate is better than trying to get rid of the old crap out of your mind and start. So a fresh start could give them a bit of a head start
2: well not necessarily head start i mean they're not getting in the car and automatically thinking that they've got to do something like this i mean someone like Shane van Gisbergen, and it won't matter what it is he'll just drive it anyway he'll drive the wheels off the thing so it doesn't really matter but i think if you're a good racer and you you can find the limit of a car pretty quickly i think you'll be fine with these new cars but i think don't underestimate again as i said that engineering staff if they all rock up to winton and, a, few a days testing with the with the young kid they'll take away a lot of pretty useful data and um, you know he he won't be slow compared to Reynolds he'll probably be a similar lap time so in this early part of the, the season it's all about understanding the cars and making changes to them that work so it might be that these cars run two or three mil more tow out on the front of them and that makes them work or it might be that they they have a you know, a different ride height at the back of the car. These are all little things that you can you can test on a rookie day that you you may not have time to test during a normal tester.
1: Yep, and don't forget we're going to do a review as well. So um, I just like to touch on Lee Holdsworth, and he's winning the Barry Sheen Award, which was uh, you know, pretty impressive.
0: It kept off a career.
1: Yeah, and it's pretty impressive. I mean, we all know. I mean, those of us who know Lee Holdsworth, he is a seriously top bloke. Um, you know, so to to see him get to the end of the career and win that award in his last year and and that award is actually voted for it's not based on anything other than the criteria which is about you know sportsmanship and 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 availability and the way you deal with the media because it's the media that votes on it um you know so really justified award i thought it was, a, it was a great thing for him to walk away with uh, in what ultimately was a pretty good season it wasn't outstanding and it wasn't ordinary it was just a good season um, and probably a really nice way to finish off a, a career from a bloke who's um you know been around for quite a while
2: yeah, and we shouldn't underestimate. He he retired from racing full-time at the end of 2020. Um, co-drove with Chas Moss to win Bathurst in 2021. Um, good move. Good Payne, that Grove obviously needed another driver and and grabbed um, Lee, I think, almost before the Bathurst win. And during this year, he did a solid job. As you said, um, Andrew, he was always available, always smiling, happy to be there, and... Um, he, he, he notched up his 500th win during the course of the year at Sandwich. Sorry, 500th race start during the course of the year. At
1: he would have loved 500 wins, wouldn't
2: he? <laughs> He'd love 500 wins. And I, I suppose for me personally, Lee Holdsworth is, is somebody that I've known for a long time because we um, back in 2005 and 2006, I was um, running Smith's Trucks Development Series team and Lee was our star driver, and so I've been part of that journey all the way along through Lee, and um, I know that he was very emotional on the awards night. In fact, he, we had a bit of a man hug, which was lovely, and um, he he was really um, appreciative of the of the award. It really did mean a lot to him, and I think it came as a surprise. And um, yeah, I mean, it's good. We'll see him back next year in a Walkinshaw Andretti United car, probably co-driving with Jazz everybody's denying it but it's again it's like the coke deal it's the worst kept kept secret of all time so that deal's done i mean we had a chat with lee in our latest issue of the magazine and he confirmed 100 percent that he's got a drive and i suggested it was with welkinsure and he said i could guess all i I wanted but we weren't going to get we weren't going to get a response but anyway so that's where he's going to be, yeah. be at Walking Short. I thought
1: it was great how humbled he was by actually winning the award too, which tells you a lot about him as a person. But uh, yeah, you know, I think the thing to forget not to forget about him is that he was actually a pretty good race driver as well. Absolutely, you know, he never really got into a star team or a star drive. Um, he had a good bit of mongrel about him at times, and uh, you know, I thought he was a really good race driver that probably, you know, without falling into the right teams, uh, didn't get the results
2: and. Uh, I mean, he was close a couple of times. He won some races. Yeah. Oh, hang on, Andrew. Andrew, please. I mean, seriously, mate. He did win Bathurst last year. Come on. <laughs> Even if he only won <laughs> one race.
0: He's game. a Bathurst champion.
2: And let, but let's say that, like, he was actually
1: like, n- unlike a lot of co-drivers, he was a significant part in that win. You know, like his performance. Oh, he, with the he was, was staggering.
2: Yeah, he was as fast as Jazz was, and um, and uh, you know, he, he. I I would say that if. If Chaz hadn't had him in the car, maybe they wouldn't have got the result. But the reality is, too, he also delivered Erebus a, a, a victory in one of their Mercedes supercars. Things. And I think he had a win, at least one other win with Gary Rogers. So, you know, he, he he did win some races. He was always solid and reliable. And, you know, I look forward to him having a smile on his face and being um, pleasant. And, um, he's, you know, he might win another race next year.
1: Who knows? Yeah, but I think the thing with him is, remember when he went to SBR? It was like you know he finally landed somewhere that was going to give him all of these wins, and then of course SBR sold to Erebus, and it kind of all went a little belly up when they decided to do Mercedes. So, but yeah, his season—I thought his season this year was pretty good, um, without being outstanding. And obviously that's why he—that's uh, why he gets the B minus rather than a you know anything else. But uh, you know, yeah, it wasn't as good as Davy Reynolds, but he—you're uh, you
2: know, a hard taskmaster. We're getting, to, and I say that with. Um, with trepidation because we're getting towards the uh, <laughs> part of the uh, gradings where I've actually had friends of mine in pit Lane who've actually got quite snaky with me, and I've just pointed out, hey, oh, it's nothing to do with me. It's all uh, Andrew Clark does that. So <laughs> the other, they don't come and talk to uh,
1: me about it, they must be frightened of me.
2: Yeah, the next installment's Brad Jones Racing, so please, nothing to do with me, boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Each week, find out what the men behind the V8 news know, and what the drivers and teams are going to do next. It's interviews and opinions on Inside Supercars.
2: My
1: predecessor, Roland Dane, did a very, very good job. We're no longer shareholders of the build business. Personally, I think a 500 in the build-up to the 1,000 is is a
0: good thing. Tune in for more at sportradio.com.au, or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars.